0: This is the Ty Butler Show
1: on 98.7 ESPN. Instagram, and we get it popping on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. The Yankees down 14-0. We will dive into this one because there are so many layers to unpack with this game and, and why I'm just feeling all kinds of down. Uh, as far as what I, I witnessed last night and what I'm now watching tonight. So we'll talk about that. The Mets once again winning in Arizona up to nothing thanks to a blast in the first inning by Pete Alonzo. Who will be going for his third home run derby crown next week. Man, I mean, the overreaction to the, what the Mets are doing right now to me is insane. We'll get into that as we progress through the program. Got some football that we have to get into as well because rankings. I know this is the time of year where you just put content out just to incite a certain reaction and you know exactly who to go after. Polarizing fan bases and, you know, polarizing figures. But there are some things that that I saw today, that I'm just like, man, I can't wait for football season to start. And I, I think we're down to 63 days until kickoff. So that has me feeling enthusiastic. I'm, Isaiah kind of Falefa's on the mound. And I'm wondering, uh, how many times are we going to have to watch position players go to the mound for the Yankees this year? It, this feels like a, a weekly occurrence. Like they're actually part of the rotation. And at some point, we have to be concerned about what we're watching. Go 500 without Judge, as if he's going to come back and save them. But we'll get into that at 800 But before we get to the baseball, want to hit on some NBA nuggets at, at, at the top here. I saw a tweet from Mark Berman earlier today. said that Leon Rose also hopes he's not done. Hunch is Rose would take a gamble on CAA rep Zion Williamson. Imagine Julius Randle would have to return to New Orleans. Obi had to go either way. So uh, just reading this tweet from Mark Berman, it does sound like the Knicks could still be in on Zion Williamson. Now, we don't know if New Orleans is going to trade him at this point because you would figure that, if they were to have done so, it would have been prior to the draft. So they could collect some capital that they would have been able to use immediately. So it looks like, you know, that this, this could certainly still be on the table. But wanted to throw that out there in case you're wondering about whether the Knicks are done wheeling and dealing this offseason. Fred Katz was on the Michael K show and, and he mentioned that the Knicks are still looking for a superstar that fits with Jalen Brunson.
2: I think they're trying
3: to be diligent in the type of star that they go after, which is a good thing, by the way. They want someone who's going to fit well with the pieces they already have, and they believe that Jalen Brunson is a legit star. Their organizational mentality has to be, okay, how does this guy fit with Jalen Brunson? And if the answer is he doesn't fit great, then it's not really worth giving up your whole future in order to get him. I can tell you this, there are people with the Knicks who are convinced that we have not seen the best of Jalen Brunson, like who swear by it. that There is no way that we've seen the best of Jalen Brunson. That version of him that was scoring 30 a game against the Heat in the second round, that's the one that's going to show up this year.
1: And maybe that's the case. If he continues to get better, that's obviously excellent news for the Knicks. But you got to go out there and get another star, which is what we keep coming back to. And there was a, a report that came out today, some details about what the trade could have looked looked like between the Knicks and the Clippers. And it sounds like it would have been Obi Toppin prior to him being traded, obviously. But Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and three first-round picks in exchange for Paul George. And that was according to Hoops Hype. R.J. Barrett's name was brought up briefly in trade talks. By the Clippers in place of Obi Toppin, but league sources say that uh, the asking price was a bit too high, and that's not one I'm mad at. Paul George, as I mentioned last night, w- would have been a perfect fit for this group, uh, but he's 33 years old, going to be looking for a big time contract, 200 plus million dollars, 47 games a year the last three seasons, and it doesn't doesn't naturally feel like a player gets older and healthier. So that that's something that I'm 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 not upset that you know didn't go down, even though I was one who endorsed a potential Paul George trade. Uh, the Dane Lillard stuff is getting annoying at this point because we keep talking about it, and we have been for like four years now. He has been so loyal to Portland, didn't want to leave, but every single year, once we saw that they were in the contender, we were questioning whether or not he was going to finally ask for a divorce because a player of his caliber should not have just one Western Conference Finals appearance on his resume. And now he's looking to get out of there and it looks like he only wants to go to Miami, which gives the Heat some leverage, but Portland also feels like it has leverage because Dame's got four years left on his contract and we saw with Brooklyn when KD asked out at the beginning of last season, they could not find an offer to their liking, so they decided, you know what, we're not going to trade you. KD came back to his credit, didn't you know miss any games intentionally? Did get hurt, obviously, but he came out and balled. And once Kyrie got out of here, it was time to ship KD to Phoenix, and then the, the Nets were able to get first four uh, four first round picks and a guy in Mikael Bridges who they feel like can be a legitimate All Star at some point. So with Dame and Portland, uh, this dance is going to continue to happen. If I had to guess, I would still say he's going to end up in Miami. Just because it doesn't look like any other teams have offers out there. We saw the the, the rumors are about the Celtics, but he clearly doesn't want to go there. So that would be an excellent, excellent team with with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and, and Chris Dasporesingus, and they become the favorites in the East. But he doesn't want to go there. He he wants to go. To Miami, which I find interesting, right? Because it feels like no one has an issue with Dame forming a super team in Miami. This is a team that just went to the NBA Finals. They were a game away from getting there last year. They were in the Finals in 2020. They have two two really good to great players in Butler and Bam. Certainly great once the postseason rolls around and Jimmy Butler. And that would be a super team. But no one one cares. No one one minds. I I guess you only care about super teams when it's being created by Durant and by LeBron. You don't have a problem when it's anyone else. You just don't want the faces of these super teams to be uh, LeBron James and and Kevin Durant. Because if Dame does it, no one cares. If he had gone to Boston, no one would have cared. You know, CP3's in, in Golden State right now, and I get he's aging and he's washed, and he's not the same player, but four Hall of Famers on a roster qualifies to me uh, as a super team. So you only care about super teams, really, when it comes down to two guys who you don't want to see win, and that would be LeBron and Kevin Durant. I also thought about this. Is it fair to say that Portland has to honor Dame's loyalty? Because I mentioned for years... He could have asked out. We were trying to push him to get out of Portland because you're not going to recruit anyone to go there. They had been trying to build winners around you and simply have failed at it. But he stayed loyal to that franchise, to that organization, to that fan base. And now when he comes out and says, this is the team I want to be traded to, looks like they're kind of reluctant to do it. And, look, it comes down to good business, right? They have to get the best offer for him. When you have a guy under control for the next four years, you can get an incredible package. And, yes, he's getting older, but he is still an elite guard. He had a a career season last year. He only played about 57 games, but the numbers are still there. So he dropped 71 in the game. So he still clearly has it. I just wonder if people feel like they owe it to him because of his loyalty to go out there and trade him to Miami because that's what he wants. That's what he wants. I don't know how true this is, but I also saw initially he wanted to go to Golden State. Now, that that, that would have just ruined the league. Dame, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. I mean, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I'm glad that didn't happen. I'm so glad that didn't happen. The other shoe we're waiting to drop is the James Harden trade situation. Opted in, requested a trade, but we know Darryl Morey is not going to be in any rush to move him. We saw this play out with Ben Simmons. When Simmons requested a trade, Darryl waited until the right offer came along. Simmons sat out, and then once the trade deadline came around last season— he dealt him for Harden. We've seen this play out in the past. So I'm not ruling it out that James Harden come next season starts the year with the Sixers because it doesn't feel like they're in any rush to move him and it doesn't look like teams are in a rush to trade for. him. And you, I mean, what are the options out there? The, Clipper, the Clippers, Miami, I guess, would be on the board if they pivot from Dame. You know what's funny? Brooklyn needs a point guard. You think Brooklyn would get back into the James Harden business, seeing how that played out? Brooklyn desperately needs a point guard. One's on the market. Trade for him? I don't think so. 800-919-3776. This Yankee game is about to come to a conclusion. Down by 14 runs to the Orioles. I have so many thoughts on this game on this series before they welcome in the Cubs to wrap up this first half of the season. I don't want to overreact. I don't want to be too emotional. But there's a lot I have to say. So we'll do that coming up. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until midnight. Filling in for Larry and Gordon right here on 98.7 ESPN. This
0: is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: You've got a lead after five innings, and you turn it over to the best bullpen in baseball. But you blew that one last night, and Severino continues to be an atrocity. So tonight, uh, he, con- he was a disaster. Couldn't get out the third inning. Allowed 10 hits, 7 runs, and... One of them was a home run. So his ERA goes up to 7.38 on the year. And I foolishly saw someone tweet out that the Yankees have to trade him. What exactly is his value right now? He's an injury-prone pitcher in the final year of his contract who keeps getting shelled. How bad has it been? All right, let's go back to last Saturday when in four innings he gave up nine runs. Then we go back to the start at Fenway Park, where in five innings, he gave up four runs. Then against the Mets, four and two thirds innings, he gave up six runs. Against the Dodgers, four innings, seven runs. So he's just been a travesty all year. And I don't know why I thought that this would finally be the season he turned it around. And it was really because, you know, contract year, and maybe we overrate that. Sometimes, you know, the motivation uh, attached to someone being in a contract season. But the reality is, the last time we saw Severino consistently be a great pitcher was 2017, before he got hurt. And then all the injuries started to overwhelm him physically, and, and I can't speak to his psyche, but I can imagine... It's affected him mentally as well. So, I mean, the idea that you would trade him makes no sense because he just doesn't have any value right now. But the Yankees just can't seem to get out of their way, their own way because every time they take that step forward, and I was on the air Tuesday, filling in for the guys on the K-Show, after they had won that game against Baltimore on July 4th where Clark Schmidt pitched well. Taking the first two games, you know, it looked like Stanton was coming around. Uh, you know, Glaber Torres had been playing well. Anthony Volpe in the midst of a hot, a little bit of a hot streak. So so you started to, to wonder, okay, is the offense starting to turn around? 14 runs in two games? Okay, maybe we're cooking something here. But then you follow it up by laying an egg yesterday and this dud today. And I go back to a couple of weeks ago when Hal Steinbrenner was on the case show, and he's and I'm paraphrasing, he said something along the lines of, yeah, I don't understand why fans are so angry in June. Are, you, are Really? Really? You don't understand why fans are so angry in June? Watching this team, without judge, at times just look so lethargic? And we're not asking you to be a contender without your best player. But well, why do I keep turning on Yankee games and and I I see you know position players on the mound because they're getting spanked, which is why I always keep coming back to as excited as I get after wins, because that's what the baseball season will do to you. It's one hundred and sixty-two games in one hundred and eighty-one days, so you react to you know what happened nine innings that the pre the previous night, and sometimes. You just go nuts in reacting to it. Then you reverse the reaction, and then you you know reverse that reaction. But what's so frustrating is we keep banking on Aaron Judge being the savior. And first of all, when you listen to him and you listen to, you know, they talk about what the injury is, we don't even know that he's going to come back and be 100%. It's highly unlikely that's going to be the case, so we're now asking a guy who's going to miss two at least two months, come back at at less than a hundred percent and save this team. Well, well, high. They're nine games above five hundred. Okay, was that the expectation before the season that if Toronto? who right now is tied with the White Sox in the bottom of the fifth inning. If they win this game tonight, the Yankees and the Blue Jays are tied for that final wild card spot. So we could get to the end of the first half of the season and the Yankees are on the outside looking in. Not even a playoff team. And yes, you do have an entire second half to play. But at what point do we stop with the whole back of the baseball card thing with Rizzo and with Donaldson and with LeMahieu and with Stanton? And we say, this is just what they are. And I don't care how great Judge is. If he's coming back to a lineup that is this anemic without him, then what the hell are we talking about? And the solution for Severino could simply be tomorrow, Radon comes back, and he loses his spot in the rotation. But uh, how, how do we know Radon's going to just be lights out the rest of the year and go without a single hiccup? By the way, the Mets are pouring it on the Diamondbacks right now. They're up 7 nothing. Francisco Alvarez just hit his second home run in as many days And it it has just become an onslaught for the Mets. So they are well on their way to sweeping this series in Arizona and getting their fans excited, which could be, from an emotional point or an emotional standpoint, very, very dangerous because we know the Mets love to break their fans' heart. More on them in a little bit. Back to the Yankees. Are we sure that all of these question marks we have about this team are just going to be answered? The way that we're rooting for? I don't know. I don't know. But what I will say is, can't feel great about splitting the series when you took the first two and then getting outscored 20 to 4 in the final two games. Severino's looked like he looks like he's absolutely cooked. And you're just banking on guys in your lineup to somehow figure it out when we're now halfway through the season. And there's no evidence that that's going to happen. But I know I'm on a station where you know, Yankee fans aren't allowed to complain. Eight hundred nine Let's go to Jersey. We talked to Charlie.
0: Hey, buddy. What's up? How you doing?
1: I was doing better before uh, 7 o'clock came, but all good.
4: Yeah, I agree. I was watching a Little League All-Star game, which was more entertaining than the Yankee game. Um I, I, I agree with that. I think it's time where they've got, to like, Donaldson's a free agent at the end of the year. Um, it's time to just release him. There's no need to let Peraza play third base. It was him and Volpe in spring training, and who's going to be the shortstop? He can't be any worse than Donaldson's been at third base. Um, Glaber Torres is another guy that maybe, if you're going to trade him, it's trade him now. I think the Yankees are not winning the World Series. I don't believe... Even if Judge comes back, they're not winning the World Series. I think it's time to finally just say, move on from these guys. LeMayu, they signed seven years ago to be... to play second base, shortstop, third base. And again, he has not produced since he hurt his toe, which is a scary thing with, as Aaron Judge hurt the same toe. I just think it's... I'm just sick and tired of watching... And Donaldson playing batting 5th, 6th, and Stanton is the same thing. We have four more years of this guy. Of He's literally batting 150. Yeah, I think you could hit 150 <laughs> if you went up there every day.
1: <laughs> well, listen, I, I appreciate the call, Charlie. It, it's not, to quote Joe Girardi, it, it, it's not what you want. When when you put this team together and you spend all that money can we complain about them being eight games above five hundred with no judge and overdone and all the injuries? Yes, you can when you look big picture. And just a you know quick correction for you, Stanton is uh, uh, he's hitting two oh one, so he's not hitting quite one fifty, but it's two oh one is still nothing to you know throw a party over because you expect him even if he's not going to hit for average two hundred. Is, uh, is unacceptable, and especially when you're not providing power the way that you have been accustomed to in the past. So that's the thing. That's the thing. There, there are just too many question marks in the lineup and the rotation that have to give you a, a ton of trepidation going forward because it's just, I mean, what are we expecting? And I remember way back when, way back when, when the future was supposed to be Judge Severino, Bird Sanchez, and then Duhar. How's that working out? We talked to Dino in the Bronx. Hey, Dino.
2: Hey, what's up, bro?
5: Um, I feel like you know, okay, you can get blown out fourteen zip. You know, let that happen. You got to use. My point is, you got to use opportunities like this to try and manufacture runs a different way, you know? Like, play a little small ball. See if that way you can try to manufacture or get back two or three runs. Like, the game's over, right? But if you can say, hey, look, let's see if we can try something else to get a couple runs back, maybe that works. Like, use your losses to see how, to see other ways to manufacture runs because you know, the same strategy, the same thing is not going
1: to work. Always. But here's the, t- so here's my pushback on that. Not that I, I disagree with you. I, I understand that philosophy and why you would want that approach because we've seen not just this year, time and time again, in the biggest moments in the playoffs, they just become allergic to scoring runs. But my question to you would be, who in this lineup are you asking to be, to, to execute in the way that you're, you're looking for? Because they're just not yeah. built that way. They're not built no, that way. No, they're
5: not. They're not, and I agree. So what I'm saying is you you got to realize that, well, not you specifically, but the Yankees are built to take walks and hit home runs, right? Yeah. So if you if you see that, hey, we're getting blown out 14-zip, well, I'm not saying lay down a bunt, but I'm saying see how you can get a man on first, steal second, get a small hit, you know? LeMahieu is the guy for that. Flavor should be the guy to get those small hits. And maybe you shouldn't be swinging for power every single time you're up at the plate because look how it works out. When it works out, you know, it's good. But then when it doesn't, you get blown out 14-zip. Yesterday the same thing. And these other teams are too smart. Like, look at Baltimore, the way that they play. Like, everyone's out here, I wouldn't say small ball, but more getting hit, putting runners in scoring position, and finding out a way to get them in instead of looking for long balls all the time.
1: No, listen, you know I I feel you, Dino, and I appreciate the call. Look, the, it, it comes down to this. The best teams in baseball hit a lot of home runs, and we see you win the World Series hitting home runs. But that's also in concert with being able to get on base and generate run production in other ways. Having innings where you score two or three runs and it ne- doesn't necessarily have to be you know via the home run. But those home runs still have to come. The problem with the Yankees is they're not doing any of that. They're not hitting home runs. They're not getting on base. No one's hitting right now. No one's hitting. Oh, B- Bader is a guy who who has been productive. Torres has been productive, and I mentioned Volpe. You know, he was 0 for four tonight and hit went hitless last night, but he was at least starting to get hot. But uh, six hits tonight, <laughs> six hits, and they scored one meaningless run in the ninth inning. So what? Two of those hits and one run—the one, the only run they scored—came in the ninth inning when the game was already over. It's it's just going to be really difficult to be competitive and for me to take you seriously and for the fans to take you seriously if this is the type of offensive production we're getting with or without Judge 800-919-3776. one nine three seven seven six. We're reacting to the Yankees losing fourteen to one. They start a three game series tomorrow at home against the, the lowly Cubs. Better take two of three at the very least before you go into the All-Star break. But we're reacting to it. Want to hear from you. Hit me up on Twitter, at TyTheButler, Instagram as well. We're going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on
0: 98.7 ESPN.
1: The teams actually vying for the wild card spot, so they're back, y'all. They're 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 back. Up seven nothing right now in Arizona. Got to be excited. Got to be feeling great if you're a Met fan. I mean, I envy the position you are in. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We go to Connecticut uh, to talk to Tommy. Hello, Tommy.
0: Hi, Tyree. Good evening. What's up, bro? Um, just want to say that I was uh, I was telling Chantel that was uh, that was the best Yankee game that I never watched.
1: Uh, it
0: was... <laughs> I was never happier to uh, have had a fire department function that I was had to be at, and uh, just got to look at the box score and say, yep, uh, but they, I missed that one. They
1: average those once a week, where they get blown out, and it's IKF or Josh Donaldson. Maybe one day, if you're not involved in some firefighter outing, they're going to have you pitch I, as you know, they're trailing was, three touchdowns.
0: You know, I, you know there might, there might be too many, you know, too many innings on IKF's arm. Sign me up. You know, I can just, I'll, I'll eat him up. But you know, the, the root of the, you know, listen. All right, the, you know, Severino is a problem. We, we know that. I think we can both agree on that. Abreu coming in and just doing, God, worse was like terrible. But the, the real problem is the lineup. We, we, we don't score. Yeah, We do not score. You know, what, what was it? We, we talked last night. Our one through four hitters were 0 for 16.
1: They were the one. Yeah, the one through the one through three hitters were 0 of 12 with five strikeouts yesterday. And yeah. one through four was, yes, 0 of 16 with, <laughs> with seven strikeouts.
0: You don't stand a chance.
1: Yeah, no and, chance. And then,
0: and I know we both agree we've talked about it you know our bullpen can be a weapon but not not from behind they they're not scoring runs on the mound it's just uh
1: yeah it's I, it, it's it's lackluster and look the, you know what's what's so what's so annoying is the first two games of the series they put up 14 runs and you start to think okay maybe they're starting to turn it around but then they go right back to where they were and this is kind of what they've been without judge you know, one step I, forward, I, two steps back, and, and we're resting on this. Or if they can only, you know, go 500, they'll survive. I think they have to be better than that, and they simply haven't.
0: Yeah, that, and, and, and I, you know, I, I give Booney credit for trying, but you can't keep juggling this lineup this way, that way. You know, I, 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 we had Lemayu you bat in seventh tonight, which is deserved. I mean, you know, Donaldson's numbers are disgusting. So what do you do? You know, I don't know. I'm thinking it matters where you put anybody.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. And I appreciate the call, Tommy. Aaron Boone. I mean, what are the options? Last night he had Rizzo batting leadoff, got crushed for it. The suggestion was, well, maybe put Volpe up there, who who can get on base, steal a couple bags. Volpe goes over four today, so he's really devoid of any legitimate options because no one's hitting. And when no one's hitting, every lineup you put out there is going to be criticized. And that's just what it is. We go to Brooklyn. What up, Jose?
2: Hey, good evening, Ty. Good evening, Chantel. Shout out to the company. I had some um, two points, one a Yankee point and the other an NBA point. Um, first with the Yankees, uh, I, I, uh, I keep falling for it because I want to be positive. And I want to, you know, I, I actually look on the, you know, positive note with the Yankees. But when they look like this, it, it, it's kind of pathetic at this point. And I'm just like, what, like, wow, just, you know, like, why, why, why didn't they just, you know, sign Jerich in pro far? He could have been a nice left fielder, and you know, from his days from the Little League World Series, we know he could he could actually eat up some innings. Like, I, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm so baffled with them. But uh, as far as uh, with the yeah, my MBA point is definitely with the Dame situation in Portland. I, I, I'm kind of finding it funny, like with you know certain um, people thinking that they like they Portland just owes Dame a- 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 almost everything, and they have to take you know even a lesser deal from Miami just to make Dame happy and show show loyalty in return. And I'm like, that's not how it really works. If you were the GM of of Portland, and <laughs> at the end of the day, the d- did have a, a, a option to try to negotiate for a no trade clause, didn't he? Like, yeah, I mean,
1: everyone gets animals. everyone gets a chance to, to negotiate that. You rarely see them giving out. Uh, yeah, so but I don't even think LeBron a, has a no trade clause.
2: Exactly. So that's that, that. That that's the whole thing with me. Like, if you really wanted to control your destination, that's kind of you know the route that you had to take rather than leaving it up to the team. Because if you're telling me that the Sixers are giving up Maxi as opposed to Miami with Hero, I, I, I'm gonna take the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are gonna and, get.
1: Yeah, I, I I hear you. I don't think the Sixers are gonna uh, part with Tyrese Maxi though. I don't think that's happening.
2: Uh, no, yeah, I definitely understand that. Just wanted to, you know, spit spit, spit, spit it off the wall with you, and thank you for taking my call, and have a great evening
1: time. Same to you, man. I appreciate the call. Brian Hoke is reporting that Jake Bowers has a bruised rotator cuff and received a cortisone injection. He will likely be p- placed on the IL. He injured himself last night in the outfield, so that's why he wasn't playing tonight. And it looks like that, that injury is going to become one that lands him on the I.L. So the Yankees lose yet another player. And I just get so sick of watching guys who aren't outfielders in the outfield botch balls for the Yankees. Defensively, they've got a ton of questions. Not in the infield. The infield, pretty good. But in the outfield, you don't have a left fielder. So even when Judge comes back and you've got Bader in center, you still got to go out there and get a left fielder. Nathan's in New Jersey. He joins the program. What's up, Nathan?
4: Hey,
3: Gary. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for taking my call.
1: Thank you for making it, man. What's uh, up?
3: Yeah, so shout-out to the company also, and uh, they do a great job with their stuff. And uh, we actually – so I want to bring up Severino, and uh, we actually cover the Somerset Patriots uh, also. Uh, so when Severino was down there for his rehab assignment and uh, we got to cover his rehab rehab assignment – um, we can tell already that he he went three innings that day when he was at Somerset, but uh, he didn't look too good. He three innings, three runs, and I uh, think three, three strikeouts. And after, ever since that outing, uh, I can tell that his uh, his body language on the mound wasn't wasn't was not ready. And uh, when they brought him back up to New York, I think that's when everything started to hit the downfall for him. And um, I feel like the outing from Somerset got to him and. Um, yes, I don't know what's going to happen. He needs to, to change his repertoire a little bit, maybe. And but ever since that summer outing, I think uh, some, something changed, and uh, that's when it hit the downfall. But um, I agree with the last caller. It, it's the offense. The offense needs to produce more. And we got some pretty good hitters, man, in the minor league. Uh, if you want some juice uh, lighting in the bottle. Why not call up uh, Volpe's friend, the chicken parm friend, uh, Austin Wells? He's been killing it there. And then you got a guy named Andre Chaparro in Scranton. So I feel like the Yankees, Brian Cashman and the Yankees, need to uh, put some extra juice into the offense. But I just call up some of these prospects. And I, I see it firsthand as we cover the teams, and they're ready, oh, uh, especially Austin Wells and Chaparro. Uh,
1: well, I appreciate the call, Nathan. just because you see them raking in the minor leagues doesn't mean they're they're ready to come up and for a contender or a team that sees itself as a contender come up here and and be a savior. At this point, I guess the retort to what I just said would be can't get any worse. can't get any worse. we're We're putting all of our eggs in the Aaron judge, come save us, come, rescue us from the doldrums. Uh, and I just think that's, that's going to blow up in their faces. 800-919-3776. We are reacting to the Yankees. We'll hear from Aaron Boone at some point during the show. Also, want to get into some football. So uh, get on the phone lines. 800-919-3776. Hit us up on Twitter at Ty D Butler. We're on Instagram. And we're going until midnight in for Larry and Gordon right here on 987 ESPN.